The Perfect 10 with Steve Allen. Voice of the NRL and six-time radio award winner. Yeah, welcome to part three, the final instalment with big wave surfer, firefighter and father of three, Justin Jughead Orport. Thanks also for all the comments on social media. It's clear to see there's plenty of love for Jug right around the world. This episode, Jug reveals his favourite surfers. We also touch on the devastating fires this summer and also mental health issues. But first, how he deals with overcoming fear. Doing something over and over and over again, it really helps overcome your fears and dealing with that fearful situation in the past and then bringing it back up thinking to yourself okay where was I and how bad was it last December I was in Hawaii I was at Waimea Bay I'd had three amazing waves really quick I paddled for one and a guy was inside me so I didn't want to drop in so I pulled back and turned around and I seen this 20 foot wave and I was in the worst position ever I was always going to get it like square on my head and just for that split second I thought is this real or am I having a dream and then I just went, hang on a minute, you've got to deal with this. I just quickly put myself in a position where I was right then and there, but in the past, and went, okay, what did I do? How did I get out of it? And so you just break it down and just process the situation you're in and just work out how you're going to get through it. And you've got through it before, so you're going to get through it again. Another quick thing is I, uh, some of the kids say to me, like, don't you think you're going to die? And I'm like, I always think probably three or four big wave surfers in the world since I've been surfing big waves have died. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm just going for a surf, you know. I'm not getting in the car and going down the highway or anything like that. I'm just going for a surf. I'll, I'll be sweet. So if you're one of the best in the world, who are the big wave surfers that you really admire? Oh, guys like Shane Dorian, Mark Healy, Greg Long, Mark Matthews. Some of the best big wave surfers, people don't even know they're big wave surfers. Like I'm talking Kelly Slater, John John Florence, Josh Kerr. They're three of the best guys that ever surfed. They're three of the guys that can do the best aerials, but they're also three of the best big wave surfers. So them guys, I really take my hat off to because they've committed their life to surfing in contests, in small wave contests, but they can surf big waves as good as any other guy. Just back to your family. Has that changed your approach? And you've got Charlie, Millie, and of course, uh, Archie, your son as well. As I got older, I just really started to uh, take on a bit more responsibility, as in if something did go wrong with me. In saying that, when you're out in really big waves and you start thinking about stuff like that, I think things can go wrong or you just won't go the big waves. So sometimes you got, it's, a, it's a fine balancing act. We're trying to block all that out and catching the big waves or... Or if you're that worried about it, just don't be out there to start with. So you're like a lot of fathers who feel guilty that it's a selfish pursuit. 100%. Every time I ever drive into the airport to go on a surf trip by myself without my kids, I just I feel guilt. And it's not until I'm out in the waves two days later that I can actually try and forget about it because I just feel it the whole time. Why am I spending this money? It could be family holiday or something like that. But uh, yeah, I do feel it. Seeing a Melly win a few weeks ago, the Rip Curl Grom search, and she was so incredible at a couple of locations, Sandon Point and Wanuna as well, down in Wollongong. Is that one of your proudest moments in surfing? <laughs> yeah, she won a contest in Bali, the Beals Blast. I think it was really big surf, and uh, and her sisters won two big comps as well. So, and her little brother just charges out in the big in the big surf as well. He's only thirteen now, and uh, it's good to be out in the water with all three of them. Yeah, and you've mentored surfers on their way through as well including Riley Lang who you took down to Tassie yeah uh, 
I had a soft spot for Riley since I seen him pulling in the backhand barrels at North Entrance one day when he was only like 10 or 11 and uh, and I knew his dad and uncle really well. I was stoked when I had the opportunity to go down to uh, Shipstones Bluff with him when he was only 13 and uh, uh, that was pretty amazing and then to watch what he did after that he went on and surfed some of the biggest waves around the world and got out to Jaws before I ever did and it was good to be it's a little part of his journey, yeah. Is he still on record as the youngest surfer ever at Shipstones Bluff? Yeah, he is. He wasn't just catching him, but he was airdropping off the step and pulling into big barrels as well. Yeah, he's definitely the youngest still. Lots of surfers would want to know about your equipment. Yeah, I've probably got about 20 boards in my garage, ranging from 5.4 fish to a 9.10. Gary Loveridge from Long Jetty, Wistick Surfboards. He, he's made all the boards I actually have. Yeah, and, and I've got everything in between. And sometimes I can ride a 5.9 at 10 to 12 foot Uluwatu. And then sometimes I'll ride an 8-foot board at the same size surf. But my board for YME this year, last December, like just last month, was a 9.8 made by Gary. And, uh, and it went amazing. And I took it to an outer reef after that as well. I ride quad fins, real small quad fins when I'm riding big waves. Uh, I think in 2005, Gary made me a 5'8 tow board and I took it to uh, Ghost Trees in California and uh, I've ridden it around the world and I've still got it today. I haven't had a new one since, so that was 15 years ago. It just goes so good. He was so far ahead of his time back then making that board. What about uh, some of the coolest things you've got to do through your surfing career? Yeah, one of the highlights was last year's Shipstones Bluff, the Red Bull comp there. Uh, just hanging out with all the local boys down there. They're, they're such good blokes. There was 10 locals in that comp. But Mick Fanning turned up and he had all the time in the world for everyone there. Like his whole two days he was there, it was just, he's so selfless. He just gave his time to everyone down there, whether it was a, a 10-year-old kid that wanted a, uh, an autograph or if it was one of the guys in the big wave comp that wanted a photo with him. Uh, he just gave up all of his time. He was such a legend of, of a bloke and such a gentleman. Uh, and Nathan Florence... He won the contest. Him and Billy Camper were just really good blokes as well. And since then, I've been to Hawaii and, and they've welcomed me and you know offered to give me big wave boards and hang with him in Maui when they were going for the Jaws comp and stuff like that. But I've, I've gotten to meet so many people, like whether it was Ken Collins in Santa Cruz who took me out to Mavericks and Ghost Trees for the first time I'd ever surfed out there, or Marty Paradisus from Tasmania, and then Jeff Smucker, a local shark fisherman down in uh, Streaky Bay. He's taken me swimming with the sea lions, and yeah, I've, I've just felt so blessed. As a firefighter, this summer's been just devastating right around Australia. Just give us your thoughts on the heroic effort from the men and women, uh, volunteers, and professionals this summer yeah it's pretty mind-blowing i was in hawaii and uh when a lot of it was happening in early december mid-december and uh everyone was blown away how how selfless the volunteer firefighters are and stuff and so i am too it was really weird seeing them not have enough equipment and stuff yeah they're doing a volunteer act and they don't get fully funded with their equipment so it's like a lifesaver that's got to go make a rescue but they haven't got uh, a rescue board or a rescue tube or a rubber ducky or a jet ski correct it'd be like lifesavers and it'd be like all the funding went to just a few clubs and then the ones that might need it the most aren't getting it yeah it's real political and it's hard to watch and you know that a lot more could be done and it's not finally mate it's entirely up to you if you want to elaborate on this but i know that you've done a lot to raise awareness about mental health i've had 
issues with mental health. Eight years ago, I lost my brother to, to suicide. I find it hard at sometimes to talk about it, and then I find it really easy other times, and it just depends on uh, what mood I'm in and how much I've had to deal with over the months before or whatever. There was a stage where I didn't want to talk about it because I just talked about it, it felt like, for a year straight. And then I just sort of closed up and then I thought to myself, wow, some people are missing out on things that I could help them with because I felt I was being selfish. But, you know, I was just really trying to protect myself from being so vulnerable. But I go up and down with wanting to talk about it and stuff. Like, are you okay day and stuff like that? Everyone's like, gets on the bandwagon for a few months or around that. And, and media especially just want to get on the bandwagon for it. And then it gets forgotten about and for a long time. But So you're saying... We need to do Are You OK 365 days a year? Pretty much, yeah. We really do. People saying you need med- uh, medication and this and that. I think meditation. Probably a nice way to finish. I asked uh, Millie this the other day for local TV, her first ever interview, but I'll ask you, what does surfing mean to you? Well, it means uh, it's nearly like a religious sort of thing to me. It's uh, being out in the ocean. It's just such a soothing, calming feeling, and it's like my own meditation to be honest. I really get agitated if I haven't had a surf in a long time and it just helps me calm myself. But then in really big waves, that's even, that's like I'm getting flooded with a uh, with meditation. It's even better for me. And what's on the bucket list? I've never surfed Chopu. <laughs> Nazare's on the bucket list, but I just couldn't get the Chopu last year because I've seen the crowds. I wanted to go on two or three different swells. I was online booking tickets. But I just couldn't commit with the crowds that I knew were heading that way. <laughs> it's hard to miss it, but at the same time, it's like some of my friends were there and they're like, we caught two waves in the whole day. I cannot commit to going somewhere when it's that crowded because they would just be going against the whole thing. You just ask me, what was surfing? Well, like, what surfing means to you? Because I can't stand sitting in the crowd. Jaga, I've just looked at the watch in the uh, Perfect 10 studios and I know you've got a role. Mate, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations on everything you've achieved. Good luck in 2020 and beyond. Good luck to the family and thanks for joining us on The Perfect 10. Thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it. The Perfect 10.